0: It's January 28th, 1970, and there's a heated debate on the floor of Great Britain's House of Commons. The members sit on long benches in the wood panel chamber, while the speaker sits on a kind of throne at the front of the room. Clerks wear traditional white wigs as they record the proceedings. The speakers aren't discussing health care or pensions or relations with the Soviet Union. But they are discussing a matter of grave national importance, The issue is rum. You know, the liquor. For hundreds of years, the British Royal Navy has issued a daily serving of rum to its sailors at six bells, about 11 in the morning. The daily rum ration, which is known as the tot, has survived the Battle of Trafalgar, the invention of sonar, and the replacement of portside cannons with guided missiles. But on this day in 1970, the tot is in danger of being abolished. Soon, the Royal Navy might be dry as a powdered wig. But the member from Aerith and Crayford won't stand for that. His name is James Wellbeloved. He's a former sailor himself, and he reminds his fellow members of the stakes of this debate. We asked friend of the show and bona fide Londoner Lenville Brown to recreate Wellbeloved's remarks. The rum issue in the Royal
1: Navy is a matter of considerable gravity and i make no apology for raising it in the house today i shall not deal with the long and distinguished part of which the daily tot of rum has played in the history of the royal navy the history of our navy is the history of our nation our freedom and our system of democracy have evolved and developed over the centuries behind the shield of the royal navy a navy manned by men of courage,
0: skill, and endurance. WellBloved goes on to call out the Admiralty Board, which oversees the Navy. The board has recently concluded that giving rum to sailors who operate delicate navigational instruments and weapons systems might be a bad idea.
1: What is the truth of the Admiralty Board's claim? What evidence is there to support their contention?
0: Another member chimes in, implying that the board was drunk when they made their decision. Well Beloved doesn't appreciate the member's rum bashing.
1: Has it been established by medical evidence that rum is detrimental to health? There is some evidence from people who serve at sea in Her Majesty's ships and in the merchant navy that a tot of rum can have a stabilizing effect upon the stomach. And this is indeed a matter of considerable importance. Imagine, Mr. Speaker, the fleet about to engage the enemy in a tempestuous sea.
0: This argument is too much for the speaker, also played by Lenville Brown.
1: This is a serious debate. If there's too much interruption, I may have to hang an honorable member from the yard arm.
0: But Well-Beloved presses on.
1: We're about to engage the enemy, Mr. Speaker. Let us proceed upon that course.
0: And then Well-Beloved gets to the heart of his argument, the real reason Rome remains so important to sailors even this late in the 20th century.
1: The rum ration is more than a drink itself. It is more than a tradition. It is a ritual. And it is very important for the morale that rituals should be
0: maintained. Ritual versus safety. Morale versus operational efficiency. Delicious rum versus common sense. Who will win this debate? On this special drinking-themed holiday episode of Eclipsed, The British Empire grapples with the age-old question. What do you do with a drunken sailor? From Campside Media, I'm Bijan Steven, and you're listening to Eclipsed. Welcome to our holiday episode. As long as you're not driving or teetotaling, feel free to join me in a traditional tot of rum. You know what they say, it's 11 a.m. somewhere. So this is really only a holiday episode in the sense that it's the holidays, and in the sense that a lot of us are about to imbibe freely for a week or two. But the Royal Navy's relationship with rum is a fascinating piece of history. Few institutions are as tradition-bound as the military. Fewer still are quite so concerned with discipline. And yet, here's this weird libertine ritual that's managed to stick around for centuries. The British weren't the only navy to serve their sailors, of course. The American navy had a version of the tot up until the second year of the Civil War. Canada got rid of its ration in 1972, and New Zealand kept the tot all the way up until 1990 but the British were the originators of the ritual. It's not easy to throw a long-standing tradition overboard. And, as we'll discover, sailors in the Royal Navy had a deeply emotional relationship with their daily talk of rum. The great rum debate in the House of Commons wasn't eclipsed by some major news event. It was overlooked because it mostly just affected sailors. Despite fierce opposition from well-beloved and others, the decision to do away with the tot was all but inevitable. But I have some questions. How did the tot come to be? How did such an impractical tradition live well into the era of modern warfare? And how did it finally sail off into the boozy sunset? Also, two other questions. What are the rules of the obscure board game called Uckers? And who is the reigning world champion of said obscure board game? Get ready to find out. You're listening to our holiday episode, The Royal Navy Dries Out. Cheers. So how did the tot come to be? Before we raise anchor, a short vocabulary lesson. All sailors in the Queen's Navy should know this one. Your first phrase?
1: Splice the
0: main brace. The etymology is actually fascinating. Splicing the main brace is probably the hardest job on a ship with sails, because the main brace is how ships change tacks. Basically, it's a thick, heavy rope that helps ships turn. And if it's destroyed, by a cannon, for example, some very skilled sailor has to dodge enemy fire and get it fixed. And if they succeed, everyone gets to drink. Ships don't have main braces anymore, but the Queen and Admirals are still allowed to call out splice the main brace anytime they want to send an entire ship into party mode.
2: The last royal command was to signal the fleet to splice the main brace. In other words, to serve extra rum rations. Cheers from all concerned.
0: Your next phrase. Up, spirits. The person who controls a ship's stores of food and liquor is called the purser. Sailors corrupted this to pusser. So the tot is known as the pusser's rum. When the pusser calls out up spirits, it's time for the tot to be doled out. The traditional response to upspirits is quote stand fast the Holy Ghost. A few other phrases crucial to shipmate bonding. Sippers is when you offer your shipmate a sip of your rum. Gulpers is when you offer them a gulp. And sandy bottoms is when you offer them everything left in your cup. Well-Beloved used these phrases to give a shout-out to his Navy friends during the great rum debate.
1: I am glad to see some of my honorable friends here to support me in this debate. I shall be more than delighted to offer them sippers and gulpers at a more appropriate moment than the present.
0: And of course, when it's time to drink, everyone on the ship toasts the reigning monarch, which, for the last 65 years, has been Queen Elizabeth II. How does she do it? If you're not in the Royal Navy, and you're not so into the Queen, you can toast whoever you want. But when you're on a ship, and you're about to receive your tot of rum from the rum barrel, the barrel says, The Queen, God bless her.
1: To the Queen.
0: Now that we have our vocabulary straight, here's how the British Navy ended up giving their sailors rum every single day.
1: The ships follow the same trade routes by which rum was first brought to England nearly 300 years ago.
0: In those days, Way back in the 17th century, slaves on sugar plantations in the West British Indies discovered they could ferment molasses, which is a byproduct of the sugar-making process, into a potent and drinkable booze. The British brought it to their sailors after capturing those islands.
1: The drink which captures the passionate spirit of the Caribbean to this day.
0: Before rum, ships would set sail with as much beer as they could reasonably carry. But after a while, the beer would go sour, and then the ship was stuck with nothing but water. The rum kept much better, and sailors could get a buzz off a much smaller volume of liquid. I suppose the powers that be decided sailors needed some respite, because, of course, conditions on ships at the time were horrific. Ships went out to sea, sometimes for years on end. There's no refrigeration, so sailors are eating hardtack, which is basically petrified bread, also dry and or rotting meat. The threat of scurvy is ever-present. And even when the men aren't facing death in battle, They're not exactly free from violence. Discipline on the ship is enforced with a whip, and you could even be hung for certain offenses. Even if you behaved yourself and somehow survived the sea, the battles, and the discipline from your superiors, there was still a decent chance you'd be dead before you made it back to shore. More sailors died from accidents or illnesses than from conflict. So, in other words, sailors drank for reasons that remain incredibly relatable in the modern day. They drank because their jobs sucked, And they drank a lot. The Daily Tot started out as a half pint of rum per sailor. And these are British pints, which are 20% larger than American ones. So, at 11 a.m., six bells, you're taking more than five shots of straight rum to the face. And this stuff is over 90 proof. There was also an evening tot of the same size, served between 4 and 6 p.m. Call it a sign of the Queen's benevolence. Spirits were up. Up, spirits. But drunkenness on board ships was getting out of hand. That's when a man named Admiral Edward Vernon stepped in. Vernon was best known for fighting the Spanish all over the West Indies in the amazingly named War of Jenkins' Ear. So Admiral Vernon wasn't exactly a mixologist, but in 1740, he came up with a new recipe for the tot. Henceforth, the rum served to Vernon sailors would be diluted with water at a ratio of a half pint rum to two pints water. That is, one part rum to four parts water. And this watered-down rum became the new standard throughout the Royal Navy. Admiral Vernon was known as Old Grog because he always wore a grogram coat, which is a fabric made of silk and wool. So the drink became known as grog. The men weren't happy because the point of grog was to prevent sailors from saving up their tots. Water made the rum eventually go bad. Tragically, the sailors only get less drunk from there. Vernon's grog begins the slow death of the tot. At first, sailors got a half pint of grog. But then that portion was halved, so sailors only got a quarter of a pint, which is about five ounces. And then it was halved again to an eighth of a pint, 2.4 ounces, which is about a shot and a half. In 1850, the ration was reduced to just the morning serving. By 1881, the Navy had taken the tot from its officers entirely. Though, of course, they still had access to liquor on their own schedule. They weren't dependent on the tot the way the sailors on the lower decks were. But at least the common sailors still received their tot at six bells every day. Those sailors only ever washed the outsides of their tot cups, because they believed the residue of tot's past would strengthen their daily ration. And the tradition carried forward, even as the skills required of the common sailors on the ship became more and more advanced.
1: Somewhere in the vastness is a
2: submerged submarine, the frigate's job to seek, locate, destroy.
0: With these specialized skills, mistakes became more serious. You could lose a finger in a gun breach, or possibly incite an international incident.
1: It's a job that involves some 550 men, modern electronics, higher mathematics, and old-fashioned luck.
0: But the tot had become more than a tradition. It was a ritual. A ritual treated with reverence by sailors in the Royal Navy. And who better to explain the meaning of this ritual than Wally Blagden, a former sailor and talented Uckers player. Uckers is a game played aboard Royal Navy ships that's kind of like Parcheesi. People, if I think they're going to lose, they upend the board, uh, and it can get very heated. And at the moment,
2: I'm one of the current world champions.
0: Since Blagden was only 15 when he joined the Navy, he wasn't yet old enough to draw his rum ration, which was only available to soldiers 21 years of age and older. In fact, Blagden and the rest of the underage sailors were kicked out of the mess hall before rum was served. So Blagden looks forward to his 21st birthday. When the day finally arrives in 1969, he's serving on the HMS Glamorgan.
2: So it was a great occasion to suddenly be 21 and draw your top, and of course you were then officially a man. On that particular day, everybody in the mess, they all give you a sip. Some say take a gulp. Some even say sandy bottoms, which was see it all off. And I've got to tell you, if you have ever got drunk on Puss's rum, it takes you nearly a week to get over it. I never, ever drank a full tot after that again. I can't drink anything like I used to Back in the day. And life
0: is only as good as your liver. It's true. Life really is only as good as your liver. Words to live by. And after Blaggen was initiated into the world of the tot, he learned that it was far more than a drink. The power
2: of the tot was unbelievable. It was a currency in a liquid form. But invariably, the best way to use your tot was to ask somebody to do a duty for you And that would mean that the guy would stay on board for you for the whole evening whilst you went ashore, just because the next day you were going to give him half of your tot.
0: The men on board most inclined to help you out in exchange for a tot were known as rum rats.
2: Every ship had one. He would do anything for rum and was known as a rum rat.
0: Blagden told us that he even once traded three days of rum for a friend to arrange a special favor for him from a lady on shore. While Blagden and his shipmates were enjoying their tots, the march of progress was coming for their beloved tradition. And deep in the winter of 1969, the tot found itself in the crosshairs of the party poopers at the Admiralty Board. On December 17, 1969, the Admiralty Board issued a mode signal message form, otherwise known as a memo. They acknowledged the sanctity of the tradition, as well as how much it was, quote, cherished and enjoyed by sailors. They said they hadn't made their decision lightly, but the board went on to issue their concern that the sailors drinking rum every day were responsible for, quote, complex and often delicate machinery and systems on the correct functioning of which people's lives may depend. The Admiralty Board declared their decision would go into effect in August. That made July 31st, 1970, the last day sailors would be issued their daily taunt. But the House of Commons is duty-bound to scrutinize decisions made elsewhere in government. And that's how the Great Rum Debate found its way to the chamber in January of 1970. James Wellbeloved, whom we've already heard from, defended his fellow sailors. He argued vigorously that they should still receive their tots. But member David Owen took the side of the Admiralty Board, arguing that the tot should be abolished.
1: It is by no means uncommon for junior ratings to hold responsible positions in the modern Navy and to be required to maintain and operate extremely expensive and complex missiles or fire control systems in our ships. This must be something which we consider when we realize that we are given an entitlement to drink more than four single whiskies in the middle of the working day.
0: It's worth noting here that sailors' rankings determine how much rum they got. According to the BBC, the authority on all things British, quote, By 1970, the rum bosun's daily doling out of an eighth of a pint of rum at midday, diluted with water for junior ratings, neat for senior, was a reasonably gentlemanly affair. But member Wilkins from Bristol South was also an old Navy man. He said he rarely saw a junior rating overly tipsy. And anyway, he implied it was ridiculous to think that the common sailors were the only people getting drunk in the Royal Navy. Wilkins admitted that sometimes a sailor like Wally Blagden would get drunk on their birthday because everyone offered him sippers and gulpers in sandy bottoms. But the same could be said of officers.
1: On those very odd occasions, I have seen a man become the worse for wear as a result of rum. But- I have also seen an admiral like that. Yes, I report this because I am quite certain that he is dead now.
0: Despite the best efforts of certain members of the House of Commons, there would be no more sippers and gulpers. The Admiralty Board's decision was final, which meant July 31st, 1970 would be the last day the Daily Tot was issued. It came to be known as Black Tot Day. On that day, Wally Blagden was stationed on the HMS Glamorgan off the southern coast of England. He and all the other sailors wore black armbands as they lined up to receive their final toss.
2: I've never seen grown men cry so much. Uh, men were physically crying. But probably because they were drunk. It was as though the whole ship had lost a mother or a father. It it was just a feeling of silence, depressing throughout the ship. It was as though we're never going to recover from this, uh, apart from all the hangovers that were around the ship.
0: Sailors throughout the Royal Navy mourned similarly. Some buried their tots at sea. At one Navy training camp, there was a mock funeral procession with a black coffin, drummers, and a piper. With similar fanfare, sailors in Bermuda brought their rum barrel to shore and buried it in the sand. The sailors did receive one extra can of beer in their daily rations, but that's not a tot. So the British Navy was officially rum-free. Well, almost. There's still a workaround. If the queen or the admiralty board calls out splice the main brace, everyone gets to break out the rum. So happy holidays to you from us at Eclipsed. Take it away, Lenville.
1: Splice the main brace.
0: Next on Eclipsed, we're taking two weeks off while the team recovers from a collective hangover. We'll be back in January with a new series on two billionaire brothers who, for some reason, decide they need a get-rich-quicker scheme. And they plunge the world economy into chaos. Eclipse is a production of Campside Media. It's hosted by me, Bijan Steven, and written by Michael Canyon-Meyer. We're produced by Lane Gerbig and Joe Hawthorne. Archival research by Caitlin Rathie. We're fact-checked by Jordan Reed. Our engineer is Garrett Tiedemann. Our theme song is by Doug Slaywin. Our executive producers are me, Bijan Steven, and Sea Lord, Michael Canyon-Meyer. The executive producers at Campside Media are Matt Scheyer, Adam Hoff, Josh Dean, and Vanessa Gregoriadis. Thanks to Wally Blagden and Steve Dingley for sharing their taut expertise. And of course, special thanks to Lenville Brown once again for narrating. Go check out his work on Disco Elysium. I won't tell you twice. And if you want to say hello or what's up, drop us a line at eclipsed at campsidemedia.com. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Steven on Twitter and Twitch, but not Instagram. You know that's different. Okay. Uh, To the queen. This is, this is nice. It tastes kind of like a, like uh, like a rum cake.